Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mediocre Conversations with Tom and Drew. I'm Tom. And I'm Drew. And this is the only <laughs> podcast where we will guarantee the only thing that you will hear is mediocrity. Hell yeah. So strap in or not. We're going to say the same stuff either way. Succinct advice. Thank you. Yeah. We're talking Bad Batch again. If you are following along, you should watch the first episode and then come back, which I doubt any of you yes. are. Spoilers ahead. <laughs> I love that uh, Master Winkle gets all of his Star Wars um, television show watching tangentially from us. I know I've mentioned yeah. it before, but it's a favorite fact of mine. That he's gonna he's gonna be talking to somebody at a party and they're gonna mention something and he's gonna be like, Oh yeah, I know these people's opinions of it. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing that I will now be saying is the interpretation of these people that I listen to on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Didn't watch it myself. That I've been is, on a handful of times. Correct. And that I <laughs> that I provide content to on a regular basis. He provides at least like 31% of our content. You have to be the Talking straight to you, Master Winkle, because I know you're the only one listening. You have to be the biggest, most serious casual of any cool. anyone in the Star Wars universe. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, it always makes me feel a little better when I when I uh, check my email and there's this new email I know. from him talking about our podcast. I know. Like, if at the end, you know... If when we die, we all get to see an info screen of our lives, his, his would be like hours contributed to Star Wars, a giant number hours yeah. watching Star Wars for hours. Zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm aware of what it is, but yeah, he's created so much content for watching so little of it. It's yeah. impressive. The thing that I think is really kind of special about his contributions are that he's taking mm -hmm. to, for lack of a better term the takeaway from yeah what we're watching and creating questions out of it yeah yeah it's takeawayception that yes exactly and that <laughs> is not an easy thing to do i don't think no always well, he's, he's an astute guy yes quite <clears throat> so uh Drew, forgot your name for a minute there. Uh, sure. We're best friends. That's fine. <laughs> it's early-ish. Mm -hmm. Early-ish. Uh, he instructed me. He gave me some uh, heads up before this episode that he wanted to talk a lot at the beginning. Yeah. Which is beginning. brand new. Never yeah. before happened here. This is We're a mediocre first. We're deviating from our structure. So, uh, Drew, did you have anything that you wanted to open up with when we get into Bad Batch episode one, season one, aftermath? Surpri Surprisingly, I do. Okay. So the first thing is when the show starts, you you see the Clone Wars in, in red lettering, which is a, a hearkening back to the actual Clone Wars television show. Mm, okay. But then, like, it's like the the words catch fire and they burn away into the show that we're watching, which is the bad batch, which I thought was very apt because in this very first episode, very quickly, we're going to deal with the end of the clone wars and it's going to become the show, which is exactly what we're, I think Disney wanted it to be, which is that we're going to be dealing with um, the trials and tribulations of this group of people, the yeah. bad batch. So, so we open 
um, with this great old like 1920 newsreel stuff that they used to do in the Clone Wars, like in this day. Yeah, Batman, yeah, yeah. Which I actually love. I think they're fantastic the way they used to open those shows. Yeah. We get the idea that um, uh, the Galactic Republic has um, pushed back the separatist armies and that uh, we're just about ready to go into the events of episode three, Revenge of the Sith, when Obi-Wan Kenobi and General Grievous duke it out on Utapau. Yeah. So we open up on one of these planets where the separatists are still kind of fighting heavily called Collar. And we see this um, clone unit and their Jedi master uh, fighting back the droids. And then in comes this little tiny, that's a little tiny, he's probably 14 years old, uh, Padawan. Jedi Padawan named With Kid. his little braid. With his tiny braid. And little he, weed. he reports in to his master, who's Depa Balaba, or Depa Balaba, that... Uh, their reinforcements are on the way. And of course the reinforcements are the bad batch who swoop in and take out this battalion of clones. Only five. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but what a five, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and so they, uh, they swoop in and like you, like our last episode, you had made mention that you, you like the fact that in these episodes so far, like every one of the members of the bad batch kind of get a, like a brief moment to highlight what it is that they're good at. Yeah. And we see that right away in this little battle. So the Bad Batch swoops down the hill. They push a boulder, which I'm assuming was Wrecker's job, mm-hmm. uh, down the hill, which then crashes into the flank of the droids and kills a bunch of them. And then uh, he ends up pushing a tank over a cliff's edge. After you know, tethering it to another tank. So he pushes two tanks over, essentially. Yeah. Crosshair attaches something to his sniper rifle and shoot something that then attaches these two tanks together it's crazy and then uh wrecker pushes them over the edge and then tech uh kind of like ducks and weaves his way through the battle droids putting like individual explosives on each one and then sets them all off with like a little data pad and of course hunters in there just like carving everybody up with this like knife that works on droids and i was like oh tom's gonna love this this is (laughs) yeah (laughs) this is this he is here for this exact kind of thing i hear 18 music whenever they're doing their thing oh for sure so 18 (laughs) um but what i wanted to highlight here briefly is this jedi padawan that we we meet his name's caleb this is the kid who ends up becoming the the main the main jedi knight in star wars rebels okay so this we learned a little bit about like what happened to Caleb, not Caleb, Kanan uh, Jarrus, who was voiced by Freddie Prince Jr., mm. who reprised his role for this episode. Okay. And so in Rebels, we learned a little bit or got hints or flashbacks about like what happened to Kanan during Order 66. And in the Bad Batch, we actually got to see what happened, which I thought was as soon as he she said caleb yeah i literally jumped out of my chair i was so excited i was like oh my god (laughs) it's kanan it's that guy yeah and so what we see is is that depa and caleb have this very close master apprentice relationship um she trusts him i think i think that gets uh translated here in this little uh, yeah like he's gone off on things by himself before they allude to right yeah 
you know, and she's kind of relying on him to, you know, get the job done and like, and then come back. Like that's what needs to happen. Yeah. And um, he does, he brings, he brings the bad batch in as reinforcements and then they, they do some talking and uh, <clears throat> um, what we see here in a minute in the show after this, um, the bad batch take care of these droids um, is that we get into the events of order 66. Yeah. And we see what happens to Caleb and how, and like what happened to make him like distrust clones, get off on his own. And at least we have a basis for understanding like what happened in the clone wars. And then what we see in rebels, which is like, I believe like 10 years, maybe a little bit more than 10 years away. So that's all I really wanted to say was to highlight the inclusion of these two Jedi in the beginning of the story. Because we yeah. had, we had spoken last week about retconning, and so oh, yeah. Like, yeah, and, yeah. We, and now we have yet another example of okay. we're going to include something in a previous part of the timeline that's going to inform something. Oh, cool! To come. <laughs> no, I'm just saying because I've seen the first episode of Rebels. That was a legitimate thing I was saying. Yeah. I've seen the first episode, so it's Ugh, I didn't Drew, know. I didn't. Up. I didn't know. <laughs> Yeah. wow you're you're talking a whole bunch about star wars today man yeah, yeah. <laughs> no i've seen the first episode of rebels yeah and so it's cool to know that that is who that is because yeah, i didn't yeah. know that so i like what they're doing with this kind of like prequel timeline inclusion storytelling mm -hmm. because let's say you're a, a 12 year old kid like our buddies kids or whatever that yeah. we know watch star wars yep and this is your first thing in star wars that you watch well now you have a reason to go back and watch another product that's already come out in its entirety in rebels yeah you know and so like i think that's good i mean like i think that that's like you're you're keeping people you're introducing people to other stories in a different way than we've seen in the past yeah yeah i just happen to like all the stories so yeah and i'm glad that you do because i'm i'm sort of uh getting this content much like i got all the marvel content like i i, I work with somebody who read all all of the marvel comics that these movies you know when they came out Ooh. and everything so like i'd watch a marvel movie and then i'd go to him and be like hey tell me all the things that i don't know and he would just be like well this and this and like you know how marvel movies they like freeze on a particular item or person for a minute like a little bit longer than normal to be like okay that's something and so i'd be like hey why'd they do that and he's like well this comes from here and that's probably going to be this you know he just nerd out the whole you know and that's what this is right because i can watch i was just thinking while i was watching this episode like this colors in a whole bunch of stuff it would be cool oh. to go back now and watch all that other stuff but like i am never going to remember all of these fucking names like like i didn't know i didn't know anakin was darth vader until the very fucking end of the third movie right so like i'm gonna i'm gonna have to watch these and then you're gonna be like hey remember that dude that like waved he's from this show and he did this and i'll be like oh cool i remember that now i'd had no idea right it, there's so much so much to it. i wish i had an encyclopedic brain about this stuff like you do but mine is elsewhere i don't know what yet but well, I'm sure the people at my job wish I had an encyclopedic brain about the stuff that they want me to learn about at my job. But nah. like, nah. but like, 
uh, you know, tax return stuff is not exactly as gripping as Star Wars to me. Yes, that is true. Uh, a couple of interesting things then. First of all, the the vibe of this TV show is much different than it was when, in Clone Wars, I felt. Yeah. So the fact that it burns up into the Bad Batch at the beginning, that title screen, is very apropos. It's a mood setter. Yeah. Uh, also, um, like I, I, I thought it was cool that they were talking about uh, Obi-Wan talking to Grievous, going to quote-unquote negotiate with him. So it was, uh, <laughs> it's one of those times where I was like, oh, I know what they're talking about. It's from this. It's a joke, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, as soon as, like, the Palpatine came up saying execute order 66, like, the feeling I got, the dread that mm-hmm. I felt was like, okay, this is, this is going to be rough because they're Jedi, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's like it's really interesting. I thought seeing all of the, the different perspectives of it now, cause like all we saw was, you know, that some Jedi turn and, and it was more like a, a quick montage in the movie, right. Where you they just pan to a bunch of different people and like the stormtroopers sort of just turning around and you understand, you assume the worst. Right. And so this was interesting. Uh, just seeing them turn and then everyone being like, no, they've been with her, whatever her name is, Jedi Master Lady. They've been with her for the entire Clone Wars or for years or whatever, right? So like yeah. this couldn't possibly happen. Yeah, yeah. The Jedi I'm gleaning uh, were generals to these clones or to these. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to the clones, right? Right. For And they formed relationships, essentially, yes. or at least trust, right? When you go into battle, there's. So I thought that was really interesting how they, you know, just turn on a switch and the, from the perspective of the bad batch who are a unique perspective because mm-hmm. they are part of the clone army to a degree. They obviously, they separate themselves as much as they can. Yeah. But they're still like, that's sort of us. Why is this happening? Right. Right. So it's basically like the Bad Batch to me represent like the viewer, what like the viewer of the content's opinion would be as if 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 they were participating in Order 66. Like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? Which makes sense because the Bad Batch as an entity has all of these different characteristics that they, they try and hit on, right? For all yeah. of us. <laughs> we're supposed to try and see ourselves in at least one of them. Yes, very easy. Right. Yep. Um. <clears throat> So that I thought that was interesting and uh you know seeing um crosshair yeah seeing what happens with him you know him being like and there's a whole there's a I mean I know we've made comparisons to the um empire and fascism a lot but like they say a shit ton just following orders a good soldier follows orders like that is said at least 7 times right like which is what a lot of the Nazis said was and people yeah, about them, right? They, they were just following orders, right? It's not our fault. We were just following yeah. orders. Yeah. <clears throat> and so he seems to he seems to have uh not hit his uh whatever brain chip thing wasn't fully malfunctioned like everyone else's. Yes. Which you got the vibe early on, because he sort of like he didn't turn on a dime, but he was like, guys, this is we're supposed to be doing this, right? 
which is dumb also because they never fought like they're just like what are our orders okay what's the last part of the orders right don't tell me how to do it just tell me what do you want right what's the thing you want me to do don't yeah okay we're going to achieve this goal (laughs) yeah our path to achievement (laughs) is different than yours yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so we get this um almost immediately after the scene that we we had discussed we um get order 66 and so the clones turn on the jedi uh depa balaba is killed caleb runs away and the bad batch um try goes after caleb like and like their inhibitor chips have not gone off they are not yeah. subject to the brainwashing that uh is in, in uh, embedded in order 66 uh so hunter who is the leader of the group goes to try and convince caleb that every that they're going to help him yeah and uh you know caleb is understandably scared and terrified and now doesn't trust right and so like i think one thing that struck me watching this episode again is that in the first five minutes of the episode you see caleb acting as a a jedi knight basically like go over here complete this task get back do everything the way the order you know kind of teaches you to do it and then as soon as his support structure is gone he doesn't trust he doesn't he's fearful he's like this is a moment i would imagine that a lot of uh jedi that you know order 66 that made it through order 66 would have to deal with is that this is an opportunity to fall to the dark side of the force like it's sudden it's your everything that you know gets destroyed i mean like you're yeah you go from like having the security and like support of like oh the clone army oh my master oh the entire jedi order oh this other stuff too now all those things want to kill me and it yeah isolates you right and it's so- interesting um that and maybe this happened but like there isn't this weird sort of middle ground where some former jedi are not a part of the empire because they're the people that that called for order 66 right so they but they don't want to be a jedi anymore because of exactly what you're saying but they don't want to be a part of the empire either because they tried to kill them and they killed their master so it's weird that there isn't this middle ground of of jedi that are just sort of like i'm not with you but i'm also not with you i'm with me because i kept myself alive sure i use the dark i I use the dark side but like unless maybe there was so the only the only people that i know that make it through order 66 are jedi who lived and then joined the dark side and you see this with the inquisitors like that's ah, who they, okay okay that's who they are so like the inquisitors were largely jedi or padawans who lived through order 66 who fell to the dark side okay and then you get people like ahsoka and kanan so caleb is kanan and yeah so i'm using this rebels name but like jedi who the order gets destroyed they're on their own and yet they they maintain and adhere to the principles that they were taught when they were a part of the order are they jedi knights well we could debate that are they good people who are going to help others for the sake of that's the right thing to do and like they fall on the like right or wrong side of morality yeah they're probably more more i mean there's no jedi order they're not jedi knights but yeah. if you if you if it looks like a duck and walks like a duck, and <laughs> they're like a duck, they're the highest ranking Jedi out there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. 
you know, I did learn something interesting the other day. We had we had talked about Ahsoka during Tales of the Jedi. Any guess how old she is in those stories? Oh, interesting. Because uh, I know. Like, um, like 12? So, like, um, so you remember the one where she fights the Inquisitor and, like, there's the fires burning all around her? Oh, uh, yeah. Tales the, how old yes. do you think she is in that? In oh, that 14? No. She looks like early 20s? 17. Okay. So think about that. What were you doing at 17? Um, nothing useful to anybody. Yeah, I was playing basketball. So I mean, like, <laughs> uh, that was my big thing in life. And like Ahsoka's working a on a farm, a functioning adult, basically, right? Yeah. Like providing for herself, like defending herself, helping other people, you know, out in the in the in the real world. Well, so, by that time, she had fought. It alongside uh Anakin. Oh yeah. For years, right? Years. Like years. <laughs> Since she was like 12, you know. So <laughs> right. So she, she had five years of leading armies, flying around the galaxy, fixing spaceships. Yeah. You know. You get a real education when you're a member yeah. of the order. So um, but back to the bad batch. So we get um Caleb or I'm sorry, Hunter and Crosshair go to track down Caleb. And Hunter is all what the fuck is going on? What's happening? And Crosshair is like, oh, we got to kill this Jedi because that's what we're told to do. Yeah. And so I thought, so this was a real disappointment for me, not in the way that the story was told, but the fact that like Crosshair was my favorite member of the Bad Batch. Oh, okay. And he becomes the bad guy. Like, you kept that You kept that quiet last podcast. Well, I wanted to reveal it in this podcast. Yeah. So. Good job. Proud Thanks. of you. Uh-huh. But but um, like I just have an affinity for Crosshair. Like when I play like RPG games or like D and D, like this is the kind of character that I play. So I have enough. Like when when the Bad Batch was introduced, like I'm not exactly Crosshair's like mentality, yeah, or like his personality. But like I do the kind of things that he does mm-hmm. when I play Dungeons and Dragons or like Halo or whatever, yeah, something like that. So I have like this affinity for him and I kind of liked the tattoo on his eye of the crosshair and like he's chewing the toothpick or whatever. Um, I like all that kind of stuff kind of spoke to me and like, I, I like Wrecker fine. I like tech. I like everyone else fine, but I have yeah. this better, bigger connection to crosshair. And so when they made him a bad guy, I was like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to like this show now because like they took my favorite character and they turned him into a bad guy. Yeah um i still do like the show because we we get to meet another character named omega here in a little while yeah but what i thought was interesting is that what this did was it set up crosshair and hunter on this path of like who's going to end up in control of the group right hunter wins shockingly right (laughs) because if the bad guy won there'd be no story but um well, and I mean, without that inhibitor chip, their moral compass is pretty true. Without the inhibitor chip, their moral compass is just like any other person. Yeah, right. And and so Crosshair can't win because right. he, he, he would want them to do things that they would question all the time. Right. They would. He would basically be like, like. so we actually get a scenario like yes. that later in the episode. Yeah. So. Um, right. So we, we see them sort of go back, going back is interesting. That's, uh, 
I really like seeing these in between parts of major events that we know of, right? Mm-hmm. So like this this directly after Order 66, like they're confused, but they have to go back to the place that it originated essentially, right? All of yeah. these people that had just got done killing Jedi, they all go back, right? To the base or whatever. And it's just interesting, you know, they're, they're like, what the fuck is going on? But like, be cool, but what the fuck? And and it, they're they're in like the mess hall, and a fight breaks out, which uh, we'll talk about again when we get to Winkle's email, I think. But they start a fight, a fight breaks out, right? And and one of the bad against between the Bad Batch and the Regs, yep, or all of the other, and it's interesting because one of one of them says, "Oh, not again!" Like, <laughs> like this isn't the first time they've gotten into a fight with the five of them and all of the other clones in the room right right um but yeah it was it's just interesting like the whole vibe and just sort of like do you understand what just ha- like from my perspective it's like do you guys understand what just happened like a whole bunch of jedi just died that's a big deal guys and they're just like doopy doop following orders doop 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 so um there was this movie i watched I'm, i promise i'm gonna get to a point here but like there was this movie i watched a long time ago <laughs> so funny that you said that because yeah. you started what you're about to say with what you did. And I was like, yeah. I wonder where this is going. <laughs> you're like, I promise. <laughs> I promise there's a point. Um, there's this movie a long time ago. And it was like, it was right. It was like one of the first movies that Katie Holmes did after Dawson's Creek. Yeah. And I had uh, this other guy, James Marsden, who ended up playing Cyclops in the X-Men films that Sony sure. put out. And I can't remember the name of the film, but they were high schoolers and they're it was kind of like a horror comedy movie okay their teachers were experimenting with brain control and they would take some of these students and like so you'd show up faculty uh, something like that i don't think that's the one okay Um, i can i can go ahead continue i'm looking it up go ahead okay so yeah just katie holmes um But uh, so like you'd show up one day and then like one of the like stoners disturbing behavior, disturbing behavior. That's it. Good call. Um, one of the stoners that you'd grown up with, like and knew who that like all of a sudden showed up and like like slacks and a sweater vest with a bow tie. Yeah. And was all of a sudden like this, like study hard. Oh, yeah. It's the other version of the faculty. That was the exact same thing, basically. Yes. OK. Yeah. OK. So um I got the I got very strong disturbing behavior vibes from the Bad Batch coming back to Camino. Yeah, because all of us like they get off their their transport, their sick ass transport or whatever, yeah. it is. and like they show up and like there are clone troopers in like the red clone trooper armor, and that's yeah. like the, the Imperial Guard. Like those are like top shelf bodyguards for like the Pel- Palpatine. Yeah, and like those eventually become the dudes with like the red hoods and like the red flowing capes and the pipes. Oh, the Coruscant elite. So, um, they're like, "What are those guys doing here?" And then even walking down the halls, there's like this vibe that like everything is different, and it's because everybody else has been conditioned. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, "Something's going on here." Yeah, what's up? Th- These guys feel a- different. This vibe is way off, right? Yeah. And so tech is just like tech asks one of the regs he's like hey what's up or whatever and like the, yeah the regs like yeah go fuck yourself shut up or whatever. <laughs> yeah like, and they're like well it seems seems normal <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah 
So they go to this big meeting where you see Emperor Palpatine giving the speech. That dude creeps that's... me out more and more for some reason. Well, oh, he's really creepy. Yeah, he is. I like I remember not being too creeped out by him in the movies, but like now the more that we see and the more I learn about him. He's a creepy dude. He's horrible. Yeah. I mean, like the thing about Palpatine that I think is so disgusting is that like he has no respect for like nature or the natural order. He's actively trying to like so yeah circumvent it. Yeah. And like there's just like an inherent disgust in like things like I mean, like I get like so like Voldemort from Harry Potter, right? Like splits his soul seven times mm-hmm. to try to become immortal. And like we see Palpatine's goal is to be immortal. You know, and like we see him in the sequel trilogy just looking like fucked up, you know, like hanging on to those machines or whatever, and then like literally sucking uh, the life out of Ben and Ray. That's so so it's disturbing. disturbing imagery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the speech that we get here that the Bad Batch watch is the same speech word for word that you get in episode three when nice. he's addressing the Senate, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Um, and so then they leave the the meeting and it's like empire what's that i mean are our lives gonna be any different like what what's our role gonna be yeah it's like and and to a degree they're kind of right they're like ah, i mean okay they're gonna give orders the same way it doesn't really change my day to day right you know except for what they're being asked to do which only they have a problem with uh now we also now this is when we meet omega somewhere in the middle of this right she is an extremely important character interesting when i first saw her i was not happy about it yeah i was just kind of like oh there's this kid in the middle of my adult cartoon right (laughs) (laughs) great what an apt way to describe great And, uh, you know, it was interesting. Uh, they also, like, solidified, like, so uh, Tarkin, who was not Grand Ma or... Moff. Moff. Grand Moff Tarkin is the name we get originally in episode four for him. But, yeah, right yeah. now he's just, a, he's like an... He, he's just, okay. Not so grand yet. He's average Moff. Uh, thank sure. you. And, uh, <laughs> and... Um, so he's he's showing up to and he hates clone he hates clones too for some reason right so i get the feeling that the attitude that tarkin is supposed to exhibit is an extension of you're not human yeah so when we when the empire takes over there's this very mainline um humans are cool non-humans suck kind of attitude. oh sure sure and like you start to see this like in andor like when uh the isb agent goes to meet um what's his name stellan skarsgård starts looking yeah. out luthan and it, luthan nice hell um, yeah what you see is like as he descends the layers of coruscant you that's the first time that we see non-humans in the whole oh show. yeah 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 is that they're they're living on the lower levels, right? They're second class citizens, and so that's kind of the attitude that the empire. Well, the, the clones aren't even people, right? They're that's bought and right. paid for. Correct. They're not. They're not people. Right. The empire views them as not people. So then, is Grand Moff Tarkin 
Mm-hmm. Is he the reason that they stop using clones? So there's a couple reasons they stop using clones. Number one, uh, it, clones are more expensive than just like hiring you or me to be stormtroopers. Yeah. So that's one thing. Uh, and I think the second thing is uh, that even though the clones are like un like unconditionally conditioned, well, they're conditioned to follow orders of like, and so yeah. Emperor Palpatine's orders, there gets there's like this feeling that like still some of them because the the empire knows that like whether it's the bad batch being an example or like people like commander rex and cody and that kind of stuff there are going to be there are going to be elements of the clone troopers who are still going to be loyal to the jedi or more importantly not loyal to the empire that's the main thing right and they want they want that sentiment completely replaced. Well, the empire is if you're not loyal to us, right? You're bad, right? You, you, you should that, be dead. Yeah, no matter you may not like the Jedi or the rebellion, but if you don't like us, you're a problem regardless, right? Correct. Yeah, you will you will be loyal to this because we want we said so. Yeah, and so Tarkin's here. He's evaluating whether or not they're going to continue on with this program which is very bad for the kaminoans and so one a couple of the characters that we yeah see in this episode is the prime minister of uh camino and their chief scientist who runs the clone program lama su and the whole time the prime minister is like hey tarkin our clones are fucking dope as shit <laughs> and you know what would be cool is if you didn't take away all the money that because no one else but, in the galaxy can do what, like, pay for yeah. us to do this. Also, you're under contract, right? And so Tarkin's like, uh, "Well, that was under contract with yesterday. That so. was with the other group. We're the Empire now. You don't, right. have, yeah, yeah. Which is we a, don't have any. Show me the contract with the, where the stipulation said this party, the Empire, yeah, signed up for your clones because it doesn't exist. Yeah, and they mentioned they did mention that because um, he's like, how many clones with this." positive mutation or, or whatever are there and, and they said five mm-hmm. and so that's a cool reveal because you immediately think uh the five bad batch people but then you know they mention like oh no echo echo's a reg that is a huge distinction yeah and like so and then tech brings that up later in the episode and i'm glad that you caught it because that is the problem and it's like that is the secret the kaminoans are banking on Tarkin not understanding. Is that, is that Echo... Omega, Omega is special. Oh, oh, right, right, right. And so that's that's the reveal that we get later on when mm-hmm. they're like, oh, they said five, but Echo is a reg that just got yeah. turned Echo into more machine than more machine than human. No offense. And he's like, yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah. Uh Right. So Omega, so we learn Omega is one of these clones that I can't can't remember what they called it, but a positive uh, malformation, right? Mutation. Thank you. Yeah. Positive mutation. So I wonder how many have negative mutations that they got rid of Mm -hmm. or that maybe still exist in some degree out of usefulness. Uh, But so Omega is a clone. And I'm assuming then that her positive mutation is she's basically like Sherlock Holmes, her observance skills or, or whatever are unmatched. That's what I gather so far. 
So it's something like that. I mean, like she's effectively like a really fast learner from what I understand. We are going to learn why she's special later in the season. Okay. Um, well, right now she's spoilers. she's doing things. She's just able to observe things really well and understand things that she shouldn't understand because she looks eight. So here's the fun thing about Omega, and I don't think this will spoil it. She's older than all the other clones. I thought maybe she was like a hundred years old or something. She just yeah. looks that way. I thought she maybe had Grogu, uh, Grogu juice. disorder. Yeah. 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 So remember all the clones who are adults are subject to an advanced aging oh. program. And so like, um, she seems off the books to me. Yeah. Well, good call. Cause she a hundred percent. Um, so like all the clones that we see, like whether it's during the cartoon show or in the in the prequel trilogy or what have you, like they age at twice the rate as a normal human. So when we see them and like who knows how old they are during the Clone Wars, let's say 18 to 20 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Like they only have about that much amount of time left, you know, in a normal aging. That's cycle. why that's great because you want, first of all, you want them to get old f- quickly so that they can fight. Right. But then they also need to buy more. Right. At a rate, at a normal and rate, right? You don't need to, <laughs> I mean, if you have to insure them or pay their pensions or whatever, you don't only. Have oh to do yeah. None of that. Time. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we have a lot that's happening on Camino. The regs are all like their mentalities have been completely shifted because of order 66. The Republic has become the empire. Tarkin is evaluating the future of all the clones, not just the bad batch. Yeah. And we meet Omega. So like, the crew be spinning a little bit here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot come their way. And I like Omega now. I just didn't initially. I like her now. <laughs> I'm still uh I I like Omega. Um having watched the season and the and the couple episodes of season two that we've seen. My my issue with Omega is <clears throat> that um I'm a little tired in Star Wars of the like parent child trope oh sure that they seem to be nearly constantly introducing i understand why because it's aimed at kids and so like that's a huge part of like a kid's worldview is that like they have to deal with parents all the time right yeah and it's like you know i have a i have a nephew who's three and like he's already starting to like push boundaries and then like what can i get away with and like you know how do people treat me differently than other people you know like yeah. if i ask if i ask mom for something and she says no do i just go to dad you know which one is going to give me what i want that kind of stuff you know and so i it makes a lot of sense that in this particular star wars story that you have the like kind of parent who is hunter yeah and the child who is omega yeah well, they seem to form a relationship immediately yes and so hunter could it be because she saw him as the leader well i think that's a big part of it and like so i think that people naturally gravitate towards leaders sure you know like uh like i think the majority of people want to be subjugated oh well i mean like so if you go back to like avengers the first avengers film where they're fighting oh with black maw oh oh no no yeah isn't this easier yeah right like yeah 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 you know your life's joy is diminished because you're struggling against everybody else shouldn't you just find someone now his example of leadership is dictatorial right so like it's the most extreme like 
less freedom example that you can possibly yeah. have in a leader because he basically wants to just tell everybody what to do but like when it comes to somebody that's like i mean why are why do we gravitate towards celebrity why do we gravitate towards sports figures why do we gravitate towards uh charismatic people like well it's because like they have what we want like they advance things like they advance like oh we're gonna we're gonna throw a party you're like oh we're gonna you know have a good time and like yeah or like i'm gonna help you like learn something so you can advance in your career or like i'm going to introduce you to somebody who might end up becoming your spouse or whatever the case might be yeah like leaders help advance things that maybe other people can't do for themselves for any for any other Mm -hmm. number of reasons nature versus nurture right which we're going to discuss but um so i think that that's the reason and like just it makes sense to give hunter another role in the Mm. group of outside of like go flank left yeah you know that's true i have my dagger and uh my ability to know what to do in battle correct right so like now not only is he the leader of the group in which we see them constantly like there's no reason for wrecker to do anything that hunter says outside of that he respects hunter oh yeah yeah yeah. and and there's no way wrecker can can be throw him a football field away right and does once right <laughs> but like uh uh there's no way wrecker can be uh yeah, and wrecker doesn't want to be leader and tech doesn't want to be leader and like crosshair wants to be leader but that's only because he sees hunter is making all the wrong decisions after order six through the lens of his partially uh inhibit or inhibited mind or inhibited yeah yeah and i i have a lot of confliction about crosshair because I don't view the character of Crosshair as like if Crosshair just got to exist without the chip in his brain, that's not who we're we're watching in these episodes. Right. This was done to him. This was done to all the clones. They don't have free will. That was removed from them. And even after Tarkin goes through his like reevaluation process, he he takes Crosshair and he gets the Kaminoans to like dial the indoctrination chip or whatever up to eleven. Yeah. And yeah, then Crosshair is yeah. just on board with the Empire, right? And then he's just like, not a member of the Bad Batch anymore. I'd shoot those guys if you told me to. Well, he tries. And he tries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they told the him evidence. to and he tried. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's like, I'm like, that's not who Crosshair is, though. Like, you did, you changed him. Like, it's the same thing to me. And the Empire does this all the time. Like, if you look at General Grievous, he was mm-hmm. another race and Palpatine, which this is not common knowledge, I don't believe, but Palpatine no. arranged for Grievous to be injured. And then when they put him into the suit with all the arms and the, the armor and stuff, they like lobotomized him so that only the worst parts of his personality remained. Sure. And they turned him into that tool. Admiral Trench, who we talked about last week with the introduction of the Bad Batch, like he ends up getting like this shit darth vader is another example you know like yeah yeah anakin gets hurt instead of throwing him away like palpatine puts anakin in a position where he's even more reliant upon palpatine because you can't just go a wall and have someone maintain your fucking like next gen suit or whatever right right you know all this other stuff they constantly do they constantly it's the dark side is able to manufacture the dark side (laughs) essentially with these yeah. people right yeah it's just more and more tragedy piled upon tragedy well it's 
to me, it seems like the dark side and the empire and whatever, uh, they operate based on dependence, manufactured dependence, whereas the light side is a different sort of dependence disguised as free will. Well, so, well, I'm going to push back pretty hard on that one, but like, <laughs> like I, I chose disguised on purpose to, to be know, a little more stark. To trigger me. But Thanks. yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, there's, there's a little bit more like, they're not creating dependence of in order for you to have this, you rely on me. They're a lot more uh, Montessori, as it were, about uh, about their approach, right, <laughs> to the force anyway, where it's not like, hey, do you want to survive? Here you go. It's, hey, this helps everybody. Don't you want to help everybody? Because, of course, you do, right? Yeah. Ideally. So uh, I think one of the big things that the Bad Batch television show is going to introduce us to is that, like, you can't help everybody. So wh- how do you, what do you do? in those circumstances so like you you know you help who you can and that's a big theme of the rebellion which i think we see throughout all of the stuff that the rebellion has dealt with is like whether it's rebels or and or or the original trilogy you help who you can when you can help them yeah and hopefully that's enough yeah and you just the people who end up on the side of the rebellion I would even argue in Andor's case, mm-hmm. at least in the last episode, it's like he goes to Luthen's ship, not knowing if he's going to get killed so that the people that he sent off on that transport will be safe. It's the first real selfless thing that I think Andor has done. Yeah. So, um. So like, and we, we see examples of that, I think throughout the like rebellion themed stories that star Wars tells. Mm-hmm. Um, the one real bummer that I have from this episode is that Omega has this little medical droid named, um, AZ. Yeah. AZ two, three, four, six, eight, six, nine, two, which is, I believe pi, isn't it? Yeah. No, 3.14159 is pi. Okay. So maybe that's something else, but like, anyways, AZ has like this really sick long designation. Yeah. I did think that initially too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he gets destroyed and i thought it would be sweet if she, if she could have like <clears throat> like in jedi fallen order there's like a, a cal kestis has like a little droid that like sits on his shoulder yeah and it's like a pet slash tool <clears throat> and i think that like the character of omega would have done would have been better if you'd given her someone like she's by herself she can talk to this character like lola yeah basically like lola mm-hmm you know, so I think from Obi Wan, from Obi Wan, from Kenobi, Kenobi. So yeah, uh, so they run through this training simulation, just the Bad Batch does. Mm-hmm. Brand uh, Tarkin wants them to uh, dance for him. Yeah, and then you know they get out of it, obviously, and then he sends them on a mission, right? Basically, just to see. Uh, yeah, I had forgotten about this actually while we were talking. I'm glad you brought it up. If they're if they're going to follow orders, because also uh Crosshair filed a counter report. Yeah. That saying that, that they let the Jedi go instead right. of what um Hunter did uh, reported, which was everything was fine and we tried to kill the, and we killed the Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. Uh so then they go because they're supposed to kill 
uh, a clone or no, a droid insurgents insurgents. Yeah. Uh, when they get there, we meet Sagarera. Yeah, we meet Sagarera. Trimmed as fuck, Sagarera, right? So like, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no <laughs> vacuum attached to him. No peg leg here. No, he was breathing on his own without the Bugatti. <laughs> you do it really well. Thanks. So um, they, you know, they're talking. Yeah, and like, so this is, I mean, this is Saw's whole pitch. This is before he's just like some super violent uh, militant that almost nobody can stand to work with. Well, this is like the two days after Order 66, right? Yeah. So like, we had met him. The Clone War is over. The Clone War ends, is ended. Yeah, we met him during the Clone Wars when the Jedi sent Ahsoka and Anakin and a couple other people to his planet to train them to fight against the Separatists. In that storyline, his sister was killed, and that's what sets him off on this kind of like it, you know, I'm never I'm gonna always be after revenge. I'm never gonna be done with it. Yeah. Kind of path. And so this is kind of technically in the chronology, like the second time that we really see him. And it's like, you know, the people that you were fighting yesterday you know, that were your friends or or they're your friends yesterday are the people you're fighting today. Right. Which you know, is <laughs> I mean, the Bad Batch doesn't have friends, but the the people that they were a part of is, are now their enemy right? right the the other clones right you know and so like you can kind of see the similarities between these two groups anyways crosshair's like well let's kill them and like yeah. that was the orders and then like uh hunter's like now nah, we're not gonna do that like we fought alongside these people um and like i'm not ready to just turn my guns on them because the priorities of the people giving the orders have changed yeah so they go back to the ship and then Crosshair's like, oh, that's, oh, cool. Cool. Can we go finish the mission now? Yeah. 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 And just won't let this go. And this is now he's really pushing. He back can't, coming... right? Hmm? He can't push back because he, well, you know, his chip is, is not working at a hundred percent, but it's still working against Hunt. He's pushing back against. Hunter. Oh yeah. 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 He can't let it go though. Is what right. I'm saying. Right. He has yeah. to, he, he had his is like, his chip is working in such a way where he's, He's not going to compulsively follow orders, but he's going to really want to. Right. Right. And Hunter and Crosshair basically have this like, you know, are you in charge of the group moment? And like, I think. Does does Hunter like knock him out? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember if he does or not, but like. um, Like there's this like challenge for the direction of the group i think they almost come to come to fighting uh but they don't maybe so like this is um, great this is great the, yeah solid <laughs> content we're providing. um anyways so after this they go back to camino and now tarkin knows that like the bad batch isn't going to just follow orders regardless yeah and uh, uh they turn real, oh go ahead real quick so they mentioned Sagarero was trained by Rex and Luke Skywalker. Well, I don't think they said Luke Skywalker. They because, did. Well, I, Anakin Skywalker. Oh, okay. By by Skywalker. Right. Yeah, not not Luke. Because he's not alive yet. But yeah, you're um right. you're right. But um I thought that was did, interesting. They, yeah. I didn't realize he had such a an upbringing. It's pretty lofty. 
Oh, General Skywalker. Sorry. General Skywalker. But um, this is when they turn Crosshair up to 11. Crosshair goes against the group. And the Bad Batch decides that they're going to they're gonna grab Omega and they're going to fly, fly the coop. Well, before they leave, too, Omega's like, don't come back. Yeah. Because uh, Tarkin, a boy ain't right. No, he's he's bad news. Yeah. He's so so they do come back, right. though. <laughs> 100%. For her, I think, right? Like... I think that's a part of it. So I mean, like um, that's when they—that's when um, Tech is it the nerd? Tech. Yeah, yeah. He, I think that's when he deduces that um, that uh, other guy, Echo, doesn't count right as the clone, and that and Omega never is the clone. Will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So then she's there snooping around in their business in their room and then you know she gets caught and they come back and they get caught yeah yeah so they um end up making a heroic escape they uh omega goes with them omega comes up big in the escape so like you're gonna get the kind of like she's a kid but she's really she has to be a member of the team no matter no matter if they want her to or not and uh yeah, I, so what's the dynamic here then? So they no longer have their crack shot. He right. he's now he's now against them. Um we have the muscle wrecker, we have the leader slash good tacticianer, right? Hunter. Yeah. Uh uh we have the dude who's who has access to lots of different technology and computer stuff with tech echo can plug into anything and manipulate it what else does echo do not much um i would say that he's kind of like because he's got his little wonky hand and he's kind of the conscious conscience slash hacker of the group now i think that he see my problem with what they what they did here if it if it is really a problem is that like i see a ton of overlap between tech and echo yeah like if if tech can't wi-fi into it then echo will just hardwire into it and yeah do it's it. like well why didn't echo just do it first yeah and yeah then, just like, give him a usb and he's he's yeah. basically echo yeah so i mean um that would make omega now her the fact that her name is Omega, I instantly thought Alpha and Omega. Sure. Right. So So let's do it. Can we play a little game real quick? Okay. So we're let's trying play to little, do a podcast, but yeah, we'll play a game. What a little Sherlock. Yeah, we'll just play a little Scythe or whatever. Okay. But like um, <laughs> um let's do a little like Sherlock Holmes game. So let's let's expand on this here. If she's Omega, who's Alpha? Right. Uh the person that she was cloned from. Right. So who would that have been? Right. That's one of the questions that I have written down is Omega is a clone of who? Right. Uh who are who are the clones cloned from? The uh Boba Fett's dad, Django, Django Fett. Fett. Right. How old Nailed is Omega? It. Uh we I don't know. She's at least eight, but somewhere right. between eight and uh, two hundred years. Right. So if we extrapolate that um between now and say the Mandalorian, uh huh, thirty years go by. 
Okay. Who would who would she be roughly the same age as? Uh she's not Mon Mothma, no. No. I you're trying to lead me to the answer. I am trying to lead you to the answer. You can just tell me. It's Boba Fett. She's Boba Fett's sister. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. So she is so the reason why she's a big deal to the Kaminoans is Django Fett's dead and Boba uh... Fett's gone. So she is the only remaining original source effectively because Boba is Django's clone with no additional growth rate bullshit. No, none of that stuff. They gave him one as a present. He's a hundred percent. Right. They gave him one as a present and they kept one as insurance and she's the insurance. But she does have some coding messing with, right? She's got, she's got some kind of favorable mutation or whatever but like she is the last source of like Django Fett's original DNA now what makes Django Fett so cool he's the so like um if you ever watched the movie Multiplicity with Michael Keaton yeah I like Pizza Steve yeah so like a copy of a copy is not exactly as sharp as the original yeah yeah and that's the problem that the Kaminoans have but Django is just like he was just a guy right there's there isn't anything too particularly special about him as a person no, so like of all the non like gods effectively of Star Wars, like the Jedi or yeah, some race that's super strong or whatever, he's just like maybe the best physical example of like what a human being, in this case a Mandalorian, mm-hmm. could be, you know. And so uh Dooku went on quite a lengthy screening process to see who was gonna be the model for the clone army. I see. And he settled on Django. Okay. So like, I mean, if you're going to do somebody else, you got to figure out who that, what that creature is, you know, yeah. clone that and go through the I whole see. process and start over. So their whole economy's fucked if Omega gets away. And then she did. Well, they rescued her. Right. But so, so I'm just trying to think of like where she fits into the dynamic of the group as a whole. Right. So we, we have all of their attributes and hers is just. She's the thing they trip observant and try oh, to keep okay. safe the whole time. See, that's what I didn't like initially about her. And then no, uh, she was she was kind of holding her own a bit there. Mm-hmm. But apparently that's not going to always be the case. So what we're going to get, I think, a lot of, and I don't think this is spoiling anything for anybody, is that like no. she's going to be eager to help and they are going to be so protective of her that they're not going to allow it and it's going to lead to hijinks. This, this is like my four dads. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) You know, and so it's like, but I mean, this is exactly what, you know, kids struggle with, especially when they're becoming young adults. So like, um, hey, mom and dad, I want to learn how to start driving a car. I'm 14. Well, you're too, you're too young to drive a car. Like, that's dangerous. Like, that's an adult thing. You're, you're not an adult. Yeah. Well, everything else about like outside of the family would say like, no, this is the time that we teach 14 year olds to drive a car. And like, we have yeah. this like methodology for doing it and all the thing and just trust. Yeah. Just trust that everything's going to be fine. Yeah. You know, or whatever. And like, do it. But like, that's the, that's the struggle, right? Like can't do your, it, as parents, surrogate parents to this kid. Yeah. You know, driving a car and holding a blaster are not the exact same thing, <laughs> no. but like the trust that you're going to need to do, like, Hey, we taught you how to do this. 
can you keep your you know can you follow orders like right. in the, in the heat but, of it like all this shit like that's gonna happen they were imprisoned and they threw into a wall like a rat to get out of prison right so they used her a bit yeah she's been i mean like she she certainly does bring a different kind of skill set and like viewpoint to the group which i think is good because sometimes it's going to be like and especially men i think can be like right well we need to accomplish x and then we can go home right these are the numbers and is she going to be like well these are the feelings part of it exactly exactly yeah that's that's so cliche though well i mean like i mean men don't feel you understand especially genetically mutated men star wars (laughs) has been cliche since it's since the very first thing that's true that's true except uh she gives uh she gives wrecker his little stuffy that he was missing because the big smash brute guy likes his little stuffed animals which makes a lot of sense to me like i can understand them developing that side of wrecker like he's the uh, yeah gentle giant or whatever yeah. <laughs> yeah emphasis on giant yeah so i'm i'm looking forward to so they get away that's it um i'm looking forward to the show it's a lot of episodes though 16 mm-hmm. 16 of them uh so we will be going in chunks though so we will not be yeah, doing 15 no, additional no, episodes no, of the no, no no we gotta fit this in before march 1st mandalorian oh my god i cannot wait and i get to watch the other two to get ready for it too oh i'm so excited yeah. um we thought there was going to be a lull, but now we're going <laughs> to. We filled the gap. It. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure it'll be interesting. I'm assuming that it ends with them fixing crosshair. That's my assumption. Okay. And then episode or season two will be a new, a new bad guy, but I'm assuming that he comes around. I don't know. I do like, I mean, I get what you're saying. And it is a bummer because like, you know, I liked him the first four episodes of Clone Wars that I saw and now he's the bad guy. Right. But it's, it's, you know, it's nice to see both the origin of the good and bad guys of a show. Um, but again, all he does is shoot good and do whatever a flawed system tells him to do Their One of their superpowers is being dynamic and thinking. Right. You know, which we saw. It, it, that's their main thing, right? Is like, we don't know what the fuck they're going to do. That's why they were able to circumvent uh in the clone wars when they had the algorithm that Mm -hmm. was uh, analyzing everything they're like well these guys have a perfect rate because no one they don't do the same thing twice they do parts of it though as we saw but uh so i'm assuming that's that's where it goes but um i like it it is a pretty dark feeling at least this first episode first of all it was 76 minutes long Mm -hmm. which is a long a long a long one almost movie length correct um so i'm curious if the if the rest of these kind of have that dark tone to them or not like i guess order 66 happened here which is a rough way to start pretty dark (laughs) if you know what happened right like if this is the first thing you see in star wars you're kind of just like oh that was weird yeah you know should we discuss winkle's questions yeah, they're good. So he's talking about, uh, you know, we talked last week about clones and and uh, uh, referencing, you know, twins that are separated at birth, quote unquote, but like end up doing the exact same thing or being the exact same way. Um, you know, he mentions that. And the question is basically about nature versus nurture. 
uh, because there are some twins who grow up together or not, but like they're completely different, right? Completely right. different mentality, completely different personalities, things like that. Uh, so, you know, question about nature versus nurture, do our genes predetermine, uh, much of what we are going to, who we are, how we, uh, are we a product of our environments? Are we shaped by families, cultures, things like that? Um, obviously it's gotta be a little bit of both, but yes. do you feel there's a bigger factor over the other? What do you think? Well, so Knowing me and the way that I like to talk about examples, I'll go to the most extreme one that I can think of. Yeah. So I think that like, so Charles Manson was a horrible person. Yeah. However, I don't think that he was genetically predisposed to being an insane, murderous psychopath. I think the fact that he spent the majority of his childhood in like orphanages being traumatized and beaten led him to a place where he was either damaged less physically, like in, in, in incited, you know, had brain damage to the point where that was ended up who he became or whatever. But I don't think that he was born that I think that he yeah. was made into that. Now, I also think that you could have a kid born into a loving, a loving family who gives them everything and every opportunity to have great mental health and, a solid upbringing without all the baggage that comes along typically with most people. And that kid tortures animals and, you know, becomes a psycho killer anywhere, you know? So I don't know that there's one thing that's more important than the other. I think that if we, if you could reformat society by waving a magic wand or, or what have you, and you got it, you got it to the place where like for every future generation of kids, we gave them the best chance and like abuse and that kind of shit was no longer a part of it. Hooray. I think that I think that the scales would tip towards um, if people are going to co- end up becoming good overall people. I think it's probably going to be like it would tip towards nurture. Yeah, uh, because if we just taught everybody to be assholes, a lot most of them would be assholes. But like, I do think that your genetics play a huge role in your disposition to either side of things. Sure. So um, I think that the nature versus nurture debate uh, comes into play in like two, two ways for our society, like gene editing, where if you can like customize your children before they're born. Yeah. I think that's a, a big part of it. And then I think the second thing is like, how do we treat people once they're born? Like one thing that I've always just been kind of curious about is like, when someone's born, that's day one of that they're alive, right? But they've been alive as a growing thing of somebody else, like for nine months. But when you're born, we don't consider you to be nine months old. Like I always thought that that was kind yeah. of strange. Yeah. You know, so like, why isn't your first, you know, you're one year old three months after you've been born? I don't know. Right, right. But like, I think that <clears throat> the nature versus nurture thing is like, there's a stark line in this and i think that the reason why there's such a stark line is that you can't really know how big of a role genetics plays because mm-hmm. you only ever get to see someone after the nurturing part of it has come into effect right right i think i think the nature part gives you the tools that you're going to have and the nurture part tells you how you're going to use them right so like 
Charles Manson, charismatic as hell. Mm-hmm. And the things that happened to him told him what he was going to do with that charisma. Right. Like he was able to talk people into following him and doing what he wanted. That could so have like, translated to something else. So let me ask you this. Go ahead. Is his charisma a product of his genes or a fact that like the system that he found himself in, he had That's to good develop, question. he had to develop a tool to survive it. Like, is that, you know, I, I sort of, I, I'm a bit of a smart ass. You could say what? Yeah. And I, I wonder if like, that's just who I always was or if certain things required me to be that way. Right. Like if I had grown up differently, would I not, would I be more literal? <laughs> I don't know what the opposite of, of smart assery is, but more Serious? bland. Yeah, I guess same sort of thing. Right. I mean, did he have to be charismatic to survive his situation or was he always going to be charismatic regardless of what happened when he was growing up? Right. Well, or, a- or Hitler, Hitler's pretty charismatic, right? He got so, a couple people to follow him. Yeah. And so like, I think the Hitler thing is different. Like, I don't know much about his, you know, pre-political days or what have you, but like, he wanted to be an artist, right? He wanted to be. So like, here's the, I mean, that's, and that was the point I was going to make is I was like, you wanted to get into art school. Uh, and you it, you were denied, and so then you're, the next thing that you gravitate toward is, uh, like, genocide. Gen, yeah, genocide and like societal engineering. I mean, like, I wonder what the flow chart for that looks like. That's but a yeah. big shift, you know, you know. And so, like, what does did his gene? I mean, like, I don't believe that you you're predisposed to hate. No, I don't think so. So I think that that's a taught. So I basically, I think what we've uncovered here is nothing falls under the nature category. Most of it's nurture then, right? I'm, I'm heavily on the idea that like, if, if we as a society or a culture put a lot of resources into the nurture side of it, a lot of our problems would be solved. Yeah. As, as a functioning society. Now there are still, we'll call them mutations every so often, right? There's a bad batch out there. Well, where, you know, sociopathy or psychopathy, where they just, they lack the ability to empathize or whatever, and that forces them. It's sort of, that's sort of like, uh, you know, people, people born with a silver spoon up their ass, right? Like, they're just like, why, why? I don't understand. Just stop being poor, everybody, right? Like, to a degree, they can't help it because of how they've, how they've been raised right how they've been nurtured right like if you never leave the ivory tower you have no right yeah yeah you just you just assume everybody has a has a servants and let them eat cake right Right? like you're just you you lack the critical thinking or you never even had to do it right so you, you just don't even think about that sort of thing right now that same person, if they didn't grow up not having to worry about anything ever or not having to think about anybody else ever, is it really their own fault for never for not like considering that thing? I don't know. Or just I mean, being like, guys, why are you hungry? The store has food. Go buy food. Right? Right. Like I those mean, pe- like- those people that lack that sort of empathy. 
so i mean i have had so like some some friends that i no longer have regular contact with um the the thing that they'd always used to say that always drove me nuts was just like just pull yourself up by your bootstraps oh yeah that's the worst fucking thing ever you know and so i and i've always i always thought to myself like so like my previous job was running a janitorial crew and so i wouldn't say that i was pulling from like college college graduates when it came to like the people who made up my labor force sure and so i got a little bit a peek behind the curtain to how a lot of other people live and like their circumstances and stuff. And it's just not possible for every single other person to quote unquote, pull them up by their bootstraps or what happened. No. You know? And so like when it comes to saying things like, like that, or like, to me, that's the nurture side of it. Again, are you predisposed genetically to be empathetic toward other people? It's an excellent question. And like, I don't know that we're, scientifically to the point where we can answer a question like that but like in the absence of being able to do it like the nurturing side needs to pick up the slack and teach people to be like you know you are we should understand that our circumstances are not the same and like i have been taught which we don't do but like we have been taught to be empathetic towards people whose circumstances are different than ours or who look different than us or are whatever yeah you know and like we don't do that it's you know, like, I think you know that's that's true. I think everybody wants to think that they're the same as everyone else, or like you know, you see all these people that are like, we all have twenty four hours, we all have the same twenty four hours to do what we. And it's like, well, no, some of us have to take the bus two right. hours to our job because of this, and or we have to have two jobs to do this because of this is how things are. Well, well, you don't. So it's like we don't have the same 24 hours because there are a lot of things that I have to do that you don't have to consider. Right. Right. And and that's that's sort of the thing with nurture is um I think you can be nurtured to to looking at things a certain way or understanding things, but also like we're also I think as a society we look up, we don't look down. Right at least a, a certain point in our lives, right. Where you're just sort of like, I need to get there. You're not like worried about the people who can't even get to where you are sort of thing. Right. Yeah. While you were saying that I had this memory of the, the last woman that I dated. Yeah. Um. So she was like, she, I guess, I don't know how many couples uh, have this kind of discussion, but she was like, all right, like who's in your top five or like the way that she phrased it was, like you get a hall pass for a weekend and like you can end up having a special night with anybody that you want. Like which celebrity are you picking? And I was like, Oh, so this is completely theoretical. And when I say the person that I want this with, you're not going to get upset. Right. Yeah. Well, that was a trap. So like, (laughs) How long ago was this? That's a, that's a, I was mad about that stuff. So I'm 40. So this was last year. So, um, so I said Anna Kendrick, right? Because she's sure. kind of my like celebrity crush. Naturally. So then uh, the woman I was dating like got quiet. We were on our, she, of course, she had to ask me this on the way to dinner. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So we, um, so rest of the car ride, she's quiet. At dinner, I have to like pull the conversation out of her, which is exhausting and I don't like doing it. So on the car ride home, we were, we I was like, so clearly 
we did not like yeah. the Anna Kendrick comment. And she and so she was like, no, it's fine. Like I asked, right? That's it's fine. I learned that and I was like, but you're upset. Why are you upset? And yeah. so and so I eventually got her to open up after much effort. Ugh. It's a bad and, sign uh, when they give you statistical facts about what they just did when you yeah. asked how they're feeling. Yeah. That's not that's never a not good great. sign. <laughs> <Not great. laughs> and so she was like, Well, I'm just never gonna be as pretty as Anna Kendrick. And I said, Well, hang on. Like, first of all, like the like the whole context of what we're talking about is like a fantasy. Like, yeah, she's a Anna Kendrick is a real person who exists and is like not fictional or whatever. But like, as far as like a normal life that you have to go about, like her normal is so different from our normal. Yeah, that it might as well be, you know, and I was like, she has like her whole job is to make sure that she is like in good shape caught up and she has an army and of people who like do her hair pick her clothes right and then she has the money to make sure all of that stuff happens and like yeah. whether it's chris hemsworth or chris evans or jennifer uh Anderson. lawrence yeah. yeah that one um you know they all they all kind of fit in the same category where it's like our job is to look good. Our job is to be appealing our job. And we have the resources to help make that. And so I was talking to this girl that I was dating, you know, and I said like, um, like I'm not with Anna Kendrick, like she's a fantasy, like You're it's, right. it's not real, you know? And so like, and, and that's kind of the context that I took this thing by, but like, I don't know why we're talking about this anymore, but like, um, <laughs> I was wondering where where we were getting to it but yeah <laughs> yeah, but yeah like, i mean but like you know like i was trying to be empathetic to her oh, sure in this moment like and i have to i had to learn like if the pandemic was if the pandemic was good for anything it helped me with my empathy sure because i got to basically sit at my computer and just like educate myself about a bunch of stuff that like otherwise i was never taught to do like i i was probably very sympathetic as a like a person like in high school and college and maybe a little bit after i got into the workplace but i don't think that i was empathetic yeah until the pandemic and it's like still quite a new experience for me and so like now that i have these conversations like with this woman that i was dating you know and i'm trying to be like i i feel bad that you feel bad about this fantasy context yeah. thing that you asked me about like is there any way that I can help you <laughs> sure not feel bad about this? Because like, I just, we just went out on a date and like, I was there because I'm actively seeking your time and attention, you yeah. know? And like, I'm, I have a vested interest in having you be happy. Yeah. So like, you know, and I mean, Anna Kendrick is not real. You're real. You're the, you're the <laughs> person that I want to like spend time with and like, you know, dedicate some effort to it, like my thoughts and my attention and like whatever else goes to being in a relationship. And so, you know, I want you to value that, not the fact, and it's like, I'm not wishing that I'm with Anna Kendrick when I'm out on a date with you. Right. You know, I'm, I value your time. I'm unhappy that you're unhappy and that it ruined our date. But also don't ask me questions that you're not going to like the answer. Of. Like, shut like, up, what, bitch. What I mean, would... like... <laughs> Oh, what a what a what a good ending to that segment that right? series of of conversation 
Uh, I'm curious what a good answer would have been. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. like that's always been my problem is whether it's at work or with, like on dates or whatever. Like it's always like, you know, like I'm I'm very much the like stereotypical guy. Like I very much want to solve their problem. Yeah, not because it's like no, but it's a problem. It's a reaction that I have. It's not like a conscious thing. Like my when when like some like when when like my sister or my mom would cry, like I would jump into. Like sure. into action like what's sure. what's wrong i'll go fix it and then you don't have to cry and you'll be okay you know and now like so um my mom and i have pretty regular contact my mom was upset about something and instead of like want like immediately trying to solve her problem i was like do you want me to solve your problem or do you want me to listen mm-hmm. and that's the question yeah. i ask now because i don't know but every single time i've asked that question they yeah. didn't want me to solve their problem right right you know, like i have I've, I've been lucky enough um to have crystal do the same to me where i just wanted to rant about something and she just goes immediately into um telling me how to fix it and i'm just sort of like i'm not i don't want i don't want that just say that sucks and then we'll move on and she says that sucks and i'm like oh thanks and then we move on yeah but also like my thing i've had plenty of conversations about this with my own therapist and and, and he's like well you can fix the logical, but you have to first address the emotional part of it. First, you have to let them know that you understand what they're feeling. You have to validate that. And then you can move into the fixing part if they want to, but first you got to do the, you got to do the one thing first, which has been infinitely helpful for me. Yeah. I, Uh, I think the, the big empathy driver for me I always was convinced that I knew what was the right thing to do. Sure. Oh, you have a problem. I'm going to tell you how to not have the problem anymore. So we can shut the fuck up about it. If you, why would you, why would you want to talk about it? If the problem's gone? (laughs) Yeah. Which is basically like, I'm going to explain to you how to not bother me with this anymore. So like, I never really got, so like, I guess the thing about empathy that it's helping me like learn is it's actually like, I think what star Wars is helping me with is like trying to like actually see things from other people's point of view. Like I thought that I knew what that was, Yeah, you know, and like, we are not taught this skill. Like I have people like half of my friends and family work in the education industry, right? They're teachers or administrators or whatever. Yeah. You know, and they're like, well, we need to teach cursive or we need to teach how to, how to balance a checkbook. And I was like, fuck all of that. We need to teach emotional intelligence to people. Yeah. I mean, there's practical uses, but there's also, you know how many times I bounced a checkbook in the last 20 years versus how many times I could have used some emotional maturity. My bank balances my fucking checkbook for me. We don't even deal with money anymore. We deal with numbers. So they tell me how many numbers I have. And then I, I give those numbers to other people occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, but like, you're right. I mean, like you, you will so much more frequently have to deal with an emotional obstacle than you will something like, oh my gosh. oh, I had to sign my name. Like in my line of work, I have run into people a handful of times now that literally cannot sign their name because yeah. they don't know how to write in cursive. And so like, you know what we do? We have them print their fucking name and it's never been a problem. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's, I don't think it's good that we don't teach cursive anymore. Do I think that it's a real world problem that we need to address and dedicate time and effort to? No, uh, no. You know, so like, I do think that the nurture, I guess I do come down a lot harder on the nurture side than I do the nature side, because like, 
until we understand the nature side of it, which to me means science. I think that we the yeah. only way that we can really affect this problem is through nurturing, which I think we do a really bad job of outside of our family units. Yeah, that's a that's a concern of mine is um, when I have a child, I'm going to try and do everything I can to not make them an idiot, but they could still be an idiot. Right, oh, Tom, let me put you at ease. <laughs> They're going to be just yeah, like I, I go to extremes like, you know, you hear you listen to murder podcasts and stuff and it's like. Mm they've they gotten to a bad situation so they murdered their family or they met this person and they wouldn't let them be with that person so that person murdered their family i'm like i don't i don't want to do that i don't want to be right. murdered by something my kid Your offspring? does right. <laughs> so two things to that number one whatever god you pray to pray that they're like your wife number two sure I, I'll, I'll share with you what I think is the biggest, most helpful thing that my parents did with me. Uh-huh. My parents did this. My parents said, I, I sure wouldn't do that, but you make your own decision. And they would, tr they would trust me to make my own decision. Yeah. And then let me live with the consequences of that decision. Yeah. Yeah. But they weren't very controlling. Yeah. You know, like if I asked my dad, like, Hey dad, I'm thinking about, getting a new car and he was like oh something wrong with your car you have right now <laughs> no not really that fun game where you you talk yourself out of it yeah where it's like <laughs> well why do you want the new car and i was like i don't know like it's just like i just need something new in my life or whatever yeah. like, have you considered a goldfish <laughs> right right it's like <clears throat> well i'll tell you what drew i wouldn't use 85 percent of my life savings to go buy a new car yeah if i didn't absolutely need it yeah you know, and then like three years later, it's like, hey, dad, do you remember when I asked about buying that car? And he was like, I sure do. How do you enjoy in it? It's like, well, I kind of like the money back. And he was like, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, like, I think that if you, I mean, you're, you're going to be the primary educator of your child, right? Like all of us right. should be. And like, I think that that is something like when it comes to parenting, like you're going to imprint your values, right? right. So that's, I mean, what, whatever your values are, we could talk about that. Like that's a big part of nature versus nurture. But like if you're teaching your values and you're basically saying like, hey, like, you know, you need to be, I mean, you understand what it is to be empathetic to people. I think that's probably going to be the most helpful tool that you can give sure. your kids. You know, and they're going to witness you doing it and they're going to witness you talking about it. And they're going to, they're going to mimic you and they're going to like try and like, they're going to be a different smaller sponges, version. man. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think that if you're out here trying to be a good person, you know, not trying to like nickel and dime everybody that you come across and you're just going to, you're going to be just fine as a parent. Sure. Unless some, or, unless they were weirdly mutated and now they're going to try and murder me. Yeah. And maybe she's born with an eidetic memory and she's going to be like Sheldon <laughs> Cooper or some shit. And I'd be like, she can be just fine anyways. Right. Right. So, I, if I had, a, if I had like three wishes from a genie, having a perfect memory would be one of them. Yeah. I have a good memory. Uh, but a perfect one. Yeah. That'd be a, a superpower Ooh. sized memory would be all right. That would be great. Well, did we do it? Uh, do you think we did it? I think so. I know there's another half to this email, but we can always get to it later. This this will this part will remain true the whole time we watch this this show.
I think we could do the last half. Let's do, right. let's, let's do it real quick. It's not. Gonna I mean, we had gotten so far off of Star Wars. I thought it would be jarring to go right back into Star Wars, but um, our, our listener base is used to being jarred. All right. <clears throat> Just how similar are the clones supposed to be? They all they all look very similar. I'm assuming, right? Because Wingle doesn't watch it. Uh, right. But do they have similar personalities? Uh, are they supposed to be sheep? Or is critical thinking important? Uh, so most of the clones all look alike. Yeah. All the regs do the bad batch. Yeah. yeah. The bad batch. They don't. Their mutation has caused them to look different in a way. For some reason, the nerd needs glasses, which is hilarious. I like how some stereotypes just have not, have not going to like, how are we going to show that this person likes computers yeah where's all the dumb 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 people with bad vision you know well they they made a podcast um yeah (laughs) we both wear glasses for those that don't know yeah uh but all of the regular troopers they all look alike yes Uh, as far as personalities up until order 66 i'm not sure I think after Order 66, they all, that changed. And those those clone troopers, they're all basically one of one right now, right? Would you say? In their appearance? No, no, in their mentality. Like, no, no more critical thinking from them. Now they do what they're told to the best of their ability. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Right, no so. critical thinking. They're, they are sheep. The Bad Batch right. is not. Correct. Uh, uh, Crosshair, whatever his name is. That Was that what it is? Yeah, it's Crosshair. Yeah, yeah. He's he's half sheep right now. Yeah. Well, now he's super sheep. He's super sheep what because they force him to be a sheep. I imagine he's going to like get electrocuted or something that's going to fry the little thing in his brain. That's how I'm assuming it's going to go down. Um, <clears throat> we don't know. Some of us now. Uh, but the Bad Batch, they are critical thinkers. Yeah. As evident in this episode, especially Order 66 pops and uh, Hunter is like, something ain't right. Whereas everyone else was like, you're a Jedi. I have to kill you now. I don't, I, I just do. They don't even question their actions. They're just like, you have to die. Right. Um, so I think that the way that the question got framed is that most of the clones, if, if the if Palpatine had had a perfect system set up here, which every system is slightly imperfect, but yeah. if the system had been perfect, they all would have just been, we followed orders, we're 100% the same thing, there's no deviation whatsoever, Order 66 happens, everyone's on board with it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that's not reality, right? So in reality, we have the Bad Batch, the chips don't work. Um, we have other clones who made the decision to leave the clone army. They betrayed the clone army. So there is. Are we going to see that at all? Not in the bad batch. We did see it in the clone wars. Okay. So um, there have been examples of this quote unquote, perfect system that have gone awry, but that those are just outliers. So you're going to have to expect those in every, you know, everything that you do, but they are not 100% unique they have distinct personalities and you see that reflected especially in the clone war show in their call signs like their call signs are largely in 
indicative of the personalities that they are developing. So like, um, so some of them are not. So what, here's an example of one that wasn't like uh, all clones have a designated number, like, so like CT clone trooper, and then like four digits. So one of the clone troopers from the show was CT 5555. And so <laughs> they called him fives. Sure. That was just who he was. And I thought that was kind of funny, but a different guy in the same group, his his name he has a, he had his designation but they called him heavy because he liked heavy weaponry oh okay sure so like and that's more indicative of someone and their preference than it is about like a number that was assigned to you at birth uh was ct6969 um did they like, they couldn't m- keep him in his armor yeah, so. <laughs> sure he just always wanted to do to you what you did to him that was yeah, his it was, whole it was a yin and yang yeah yeah <laughs> but, but um but like they had elite clone troopers right they had designed like, to be elite oh okay they had okay so they were messed with correct so like the clone army there were no like so you get a little bit difference of it like there were arc troopers and that was supposed to be like the special forces of the clone army and mm-hmm. like so we had people who were promoted to be clone troopers after they demonstrated that they could be like elite yeah but you also had clones who were just designed to be arc troopers well and like even like the sergeants and like the like you had people that were like, yeah, okay, like rex we're gonna, we're gonna make 99 regular guys and then one sergeant to lead them it wasn't we're making 100 of the same guys and we're promoting one well, I imagine it would be, we made a hundred guys. We put them all through the exact same evaluation. Here's the curve of their aptitude. All of these people scored above this and whatever. They are now generals or whatever. That's how I would have assumed it was. Like, yeah. but what do you do to then create a gen? Like, what, what does a general have attribute wise that a, a regular grunt doesn't? So I would imagine that like you would put more resources in developing like the whatever goes into like the tactical side of someone's decision making. Sure. Or like being able to like understand information. So like in the NFL, they, they do something called the Wonderlick test, which is whether it's worthwhile or not has been highly debated, but it's this timed test of a bunch of different kinds of questions to see how well you take in information and how fast you can process it. So, like, I would imagine there would be some kind of equivalent to the clone army where it's like, hey, we need to create uh, a colonel or we need yeah. to create a general or someone that's going to be in command. We need these specific traits that we're going to design for in the process. And then it's like we have our vat of clone troopers that are just the grunts. Then we have our vat of sergeants that will be dispersed amongst the grunts. Then we have our majors and our colonels and our generals and it's like it's this ever smaller vats and vats and vats of people but like the clone army is more like something that you would design like if you were building units in a video game as opposed yeah. to like something that was like well we just have we recruited a bunch of people and now we're going to see how they differentiate from each other and then we're going to put them in the right positions no mm-hmm. that was all predetermined so they are supposed to be remarkably similar Mm-hmm. within their own specifically like what we were designed for groups the problem is is that when you introduce something like they, you gave them at you gave them access to the jedi you gave them you put them in highly stressful 
situations and like even like there's been a number of conversations during the clone wars television show where it's like what do we do after the war yeah like we're designed for a special purpose like what are we going to do and like there are people that are like well we're just going to be part of the military or like we'll go be citizens because you know and like as people like your your property honey yeah yeah or whatever like (laughs) and like that came up it's like well i mean we're going to make our own decisions once the war's out we're going to we'll be let out of the army and it's yeah. like, well, why would you want to be let out of the army? This is your purpose. And it's like, well, no, I decide what my purpose is. You know, so like you have clones debating these kinds of issues that Winkle is talking about in the show, but like we never yeah. reach kind of conclusion with it because they all get killed. Are these clones people then? They're, I, I, in my personal assessment of what a human being or a person is like a sentient being, yes, they're people. You grew them, but they're people. Now as you grow them, you architected their genetic makeup. Yeah, but as soon as you like put the clone trooper armor on them, gave them their gun, and get, put them into a situation, like are they not just that, fleshy robots that bleed? So no, I would say no, they're not because as soon as you entered, like that's the whole reason why you went clones as opposed to droids. So like you went clones because they they can do things that that droids can't do, which is like a critical thinking is one of them Mm -hmm. so like when you're in the shit of it and like you're running trench to trench or whatever it was like if you sell if you tell a droid hey you're going to go up and over the the wall and you're going to go take the next trench they're just going to immediately do it yeah but if it's like which i would think that's what you would want well sure i mean but like and then you might have like but the clones might get the same order and they're like hang on we're going to wait five minutes and we're going to mow down this first line of droids and then there's going to be an opening and then we're going to go yeah you know and like that kind of critical thinking and even though it's a probably really poor example of it is like the difference as to why helpatine wanted clones versus droids but then after this they get rid of clones altogether, and then they just open enlist right yeah and that's one way to take a section of the population and sure indoctrinate them into the empire it's another way to like That's it's true. cheaper it's um we'll give you a camaro or right a dodge charger and like it's another way that he uses to like reformat society because almost almost all stormtroopers are human so he uses like and so just like in our world the military can be a form of advancement for people who come from a bunch of different circumstances sure well now all of those opportunities go to humans as opposed to any other species so like yeah even though the clone troopers are cloned from humans, like humans are still the most populous race in the entire galaxy. So yeah, in star Wars. So, I mean, but like he has other reasons other than just like, well, humans are great or whatever in order to like, as a part of his plan to go from clones to regularly enlisted people. But um, he couldn't have done, he could, the clones are good because Palpatine, was not able to raise an army of sufficient size fast enough any other way. Yeah. So like that became kind of his default method. And like in this one instance, he's kind of backed into a corner because even though like clones are superior to droids and I need an army like that, you know, and like this is I can make droids a lot faster. Yeah. I'm going to have to deal with these issues that pop up. And to be honest, for the for the most part, they dealt with it really well. Right. So uh, they're yeah. people, they're not all the same. They're not sheep, but they were programmed to be sheep. Yeah, yeah. Um, does it go into like 
how they were together, the clones, that is. Like, did they get along? Winkle speculates that uh wouldn't want to be around someone so similar to themselves, but also would they argue ever? I mean, they're they have minutely different personalities, right? Their well, core they, is still the same and their upbringing is exactly the same. Yeah. So I imagine like, so, you know, you and I are friends or whatever. And like, but you put us in a group with two other, two other people who, even if they might share 98% of our similarities, those 2% differences are going to cause conflict within any group. And sure. so the clones are no different. Like there's sometimes there's like, they discuss problems and like they have different, you know, like, you know, if you, you know, the duck and the, rabbit or whatever picture that's like you look at it oh yeah positive space you see a rabbit if you look at the negative space you see a duck yeah it's like that's the same picture you're just drawing two different conclusions from it yeah and like that's the defining trait of humanity from what from what i care like that's the thing that's never we're never going to overcome is that you're going to see a rabbit i'm going to see a duck it's the same exact fucking thing that we're looking at we're just looking at it differently and like these people these clones are no different it's just that when it came right down to it, like they're part of a hierarchy that's like you have to follow orders and they do believe in that, just like our military believes in that, you know, and that works for the most part, but like their conditioning didn't really kick in until Order 66 happened. So up until then, they're just normal, regular grunts. Yeah. Who see the thing, who see things the way that their experiences have taught them to see it. And yeah, they share a background and like they call themselves brother. Like you can hear that in the, the bad batch like when they like hey brother like come over here or whatever and it's very a hulk hogan kind of thing to do or whatever you know yeah like but like they do see each other as like there is this connection between us that's greater than the fact that we're just in an army together sure we're the same person at some level you're talking about the regs or the bad batch right now either i mean it doesn't matter because they all come from the same place it just happens that like for whatever like 0.1 percent of the time like that's who the bad batch are but like even though like they know that they're different than regs like you all come from the same place like you're all coming from the same cloned yeah material and like um in that um in that uh cafeteria scene in this first episode a couple of regs are angry at the bad batch and they fight just a handful not all of them so it's not like a hive mentality right there's just a few of them that were like hey fuck you and they're like no fuck you and then they fought right but it wasn't everybody and some are just like i'm just trying to eat my lunch man yeah you know and like the thing that i like about the bad batch is like they all they sit together it's not like they have like friends who are regs or whatever yeah it's like you know and then like when like crosshair doesn't want any part of it right because he's whatever because tech and wrecker were arguing or whatever it was but like then when he gets hit with a dinner roll or whatever he's oh, yeah. fighting right alongside him you know it's not like you know so uh i but I that's mean, interesting I, too, because like some people, it's like, oh, you're messing with my family, right? Like I feel like if anyone messed with tech, then Hunter would be on their ass, and yeah. Crosshair only got involved once he was negatively impacted, yeah. Which I you, think is I just mean, further depicting the separation between them. Yeah, I agree. So I mean, like, I fight with my family, but no one else gets to fight. With yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, my family. I get to say whatever I want, but you right. watch your watch your mouth. Oh, so that was um house of the dragon right so damon is talking to the sister, oh yeah and he is like i can insult my brother all i want you need to show the proper respect right and that's yeah, the difference yeah yeah is that sure. like this is my blood they're your friends blood's thicker than friendship so like fuck off basically right yeah so and like i think that they're 
there that completely exists but in sure. whatever structure you know group that you have like, like you I know you just get a vibe sometimes yeah. You, yeah yeah you just get like a vibe off of someone you're like well we're never getting along and that's just how it is now <laughs> i i have literally i mean the i remember in college uh, yeah. i got put into a group in like a one of my freshman classes with a guy and we looked at each other and i was just like oh we're just going to fight the whole time. Yeah. I'm not going to like just, anything about you. I never, I never said anything to him. No. Prior to that. And it was just like this understanding that it's like, uh, you're water. I'm oil and we don't mix. So yeah. like, and that's how it is. Done, and it's like, well, go fuck yourself forever. I don't care. Like <laughs> yeah. leave me alone. Person know? who never did anything to me, but, uh, you're my enemy. Yeah. I mean, there's that aspect to humanity, like this vibe idea. Like you yeah. get it. Like we get it yeah. when we're interested in a member of the opposite sex. Sure. And like you get it with sometimes when it's like, oh, like sometimes like you could just be like, whenever you bring new people together, like they, they're immediately going to try and form some kind of hierarchy. Right. And like, sometimes you can just be like in, in a gym class or whatever. And like, you just look around and the only two people that are only looking, looking at other people in the eyes look each other in the eyes and it's like oh i need you're the guy i'm competing with for the control of whatever mm, yeah yeah like, yeah and that's the vibe that you get and it's like and this is like little tiny like behavioral or like body language clues or whatever that you pick up on or contribute to it and it's like and that's kind of like what's the spice of life you know so it's funny to me that that's your perspective on it because well, not not once am i looking for the other person who is vying for control so um you and i are vastly different people. yes we are <laughs> <laughs> they're like looking for something looking for the other leader that's not that's not my method my i rule i rule from the shadows <laughs> yeah so like i'm very much so like i love watching like animal documentaries like what's happening yeah serengeti or whatever yeah 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 and it's like um oh like these two juvenile males like met up and it's like okay we're just gonna fight <laughs> yeah i've ran into um I ran into a couple of people. So I use my humor and my wit to, uh, to rule. And, uh, uh, yeah. And it's always, and I never, I don't think I would consider myself exactly to be an alpha male. Um, so whenever I run up into one, I'm very confused at their actions. Like I, I've, uh, one of my first hockey games when I started playing, uh, hockey, um, we're coming, I'm rolling by somebody on my way to my bench and I say something smart ass and he immediately gets pissed and he just starts getting in my face. Like you want to fucking, fight? I'm just like, what are you even fuck? I'm, I'm so confused. He's got people pulling him, pulling him away from me. Yeah. I just said something smart ass, not even to him or not even about him. I said, I was just like, we were tired and we only had like four five guys on the bench so we are running the entire time mm -hmm. and he's talking about how to like uh decimate us essentially like hey they're tired let's fucking go and i'm just and i just said something like what are you talking about give us a break what, what do you mean we only have this and he's just like what the fuck did you just say to me what the fuck do you want to and i'm just like looking at everybody else like what is he is this guy for real? This dude is being ridiculous, right? Oh, he was for real. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and everyone apologized to me after, but I was just like immediately confused as to why this dude had to like get his hackles up and like make himself look big and get in my face because I that is not at all yeah, what I do, right? <laughs> I do, but that's what that's what I do. Right. It's like okay, 
I'll just pick you apart little by little until you implode on yourself. But why are you trying to physically fight me? I mean, well, you would say that I would say there's a long standing tradition of hockey. Well, there is. But like, uh, but yeah, in your example, like, yeah, to me, I'm not actively I'm not trying to be that guy and I'm not looking for that guy. But that's yeah. the guy that I always come into conflict with because it's like there's different styles of being a leader. But like yeah. you can't be, quote unquote, the beta male and be the leader. Right. You have to be at least perceived to be the alpha male so that you can effectively lead because people need to trust that you're going to be do, you know, be the, you know, be the one that's going to lead us forward. You know, so you end up competing Disagree. with that. Guy. Really? Yeah. I think because, oh, well, I guess it depends on what your characteristics of alpha male are. Because I sure. would, I would argue that, like, I just, I'm a self proclaimed not alpha. I think I'm right. somewhere in between, but, uh, but I think that the BAFA. Yeah. If you're, I think if you're confident in what you're doing, which is, I don't know if that's alpha male or not. I don't know. Oh, I don't like, I don't like using the term or anything, not even co- like, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm very confident in what I do, but I think that's my own personality. I think I'm being confident without knowing it. I think I, I have the blind sort of confidence that um, I don't even know about. So, so I'll say yes, as, as your friend, but like when I met you, <laughs> oh, thanks. when I met you, I thought you were a, you were quiet. Yeah. And B um, when you were asked something, you had an answer. So like my initial impression of you was like, I think there's something more going on here, but yeah. I, you're not giving me too many hints about your personality. Yeah. So like, um, like I said, rule from the shadows. So like um, the reason that we became friends, I think was because of our humor. Yeah. And like, we didn't realize that our humor was like fucking <laughs> Legos or whatever. When, right. When we, we first started hanging out. Right. But like, um, uh, to me, a big part of being a leader or I, what I'm going to use synonymously with what you're saying is help being an alpha male. Yeah. Is that, uh, and you're right, there's different kinds, but like the way that I would describe you is that um, even if you may not necessarily feel confident, I think that like the, pers- what you project when yeah. you're around people is very confident. And like, I think that the, the reason that that you're able to do that is because you're funny. Yeah. So like when you use humor or when, I guess another way to say it is when humor is used, (laughs) a, what kind of humor is it? Like if it's self-deprecating and for the group in order to make them laugh. Yeah. That's one kind of humor. If you're going to do it like disparagingly to put another down, both of those can be used by Mm -hmm. somebody who wants to be quote unquote, the alpha. Do you just want to be a dick, like a frat boy? Yeah. Even though like there are, alpha males in frat houses like or do you want to just be somebody that's just kind of like i'm i'm more of a calm learned guy but like i do have the answers i do feel confident i'm going to try and do what's best for everybody yeah you know there's different styles of that so i think it's interesting to like acknowledge what style you want to be i don't think it makes you any less like just because you don't want i mean like not everybody wants to be confrontational Right, definitely. So like when I, I, I when, don't. Yes, when people, when I think people talk about like quote unquote like good leaders. Yeah. So like the the example I always come back to is one of my basketball coaches from high school. Mm-hmm. 
the coach that yelled at me and screamed at me and, and ran me down, I didn't play hard for. Sure. Because I didn't respect the approach. Like, but I would think that a lot of people, if you ask them, like, is that alpha male behavior? They would say, yeah, it is. But the coach that I always played hard for would be the one who was like, this is how you're going to become successful. You need to trust that I'm that I have your interests in heart. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to communicate your best path to being successful and good leaders, good, which I would consider to be like, if you're going to be an alpha male and you wanted to be a good leader, like this is the best way to do it is you need to be able to show people their best path to success. Right. Because that benefits everybody. Yeah. So the problem that I have with like the stereotypical jock or like the yelling coach or the like Chad, the Chad or like the abusive husband is like, they are all trying to be those things. Right. And like, they are just trying a different methodology to get close to that. And that has become the stereotype, which I think is slightly mislabeled. So like toxic masculinity. (laughs) Exactly. Right. That's the best, the best, the best phrase to to put it down. Like, so like, like I'll, it's embarrassing, but like, I view myself as an alpha. I would agree. And like, I, but like what I have learned is not all the time. Mm, Yeah. There are situations when it's appropriate. And then there are situations when it's not appropriate. So like you can try, you can just try and overrun people. And I did, I did, I tried to do that most of my life. Right. 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 But like, I think the better thing is like, let's dial it back to eight. I think that comes from like, um, or at least it can come from your own insecurity, not you, not the oh, no. personal you. I know yeah. I didn't want to say it though. Uh, but like you talk the loudest when you're not sure when you're insecure, right? Or like when you're oh, yeah. when you're not sure if you're right, that's when you're going to be the most confrontational. Yeah. Is or when you don't think maybe that you are the alpha or something, right? You're going to scream the most and make the most noise. What was it? There's a, a POD song. Uh, where he says, why do cowards talk the loudest sort of thing, you know? You know, and like, there's, I think there's a lot of truth. I mean, it's not a universal truth, but I do think that there's a lot of truth in, in that exact sentiment, which is that like, it's the, it's the verbal equivalent of like a gorilla throwing around a lot of brush and making a big (laughs) scene. Right. Yeah. You know? And so like, um, like I'll just tell an embarrassing story really quick. Cause like in, in college, I wanted to be someone that like girls were attracted to. Does anyone ever not want that wants to be attracted to girls not want to? <laughs> well, I'm getting there. You're, okay. You're jumping the gun a little bit here. Oh my God. Continue. Like, so the one way that I thought would be good to do that would be to pick a mock fight with someone bigger than me and, and win. You know what happened? The bigger person won. And <laughs> What's I, a mock I, fight. Well, we were r- wrestling basically. Oh, okay. And so, like, you know, I like, you're like, hey, buddy, what's up? And, like, you high five and maybe you push each other or something a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably would not do that. But, like. I used to wrestle. um, Excellent. So, like, um, he and I ended up going at it pretty hard. You know, like, just to the shy of, like, well, fists are probably going to get thrown at some point. It's that one thing where you, like, ha, 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 ha. And you get real mad. Yeah. It's, like, we're spiraling slash escalating at the same time. Yeah. And uh, I lost and it was very clear and it was humiliating <laughs> and lots of people saw. And so like, yeah, 
I was, I made a mistake, you know, because like that was the wrong way for me personally. Yeah. To try and become the thing that I wanted to be. Yeah. And I, I learned from it, which is the key <laughs> point here is that not a very big alpha thing way. to do learning right. from your mistakes. <laughs> I would imagine so. But like a lot of people never get there. They just go sure. back and they try the next fight and then they try the next fight and then they get more frustrated and they try the next and the next. And it's this never ending cycle of like what becomes toxic, you know, yeah. masculinity or what have you. And it's like, if you're, I think my desire to try and be a leader comes from the fact that if I'm not, I feel threatened by people because I yeah. don't trust that they have my best interests at heart. And mm -hmm. like, at least I know that I have my best interests at heart and other people's. Yeah. So like, why shouldn't I be the leader? Right. And like, <clears throat> you're very been, proactive, right? I'm very reactive. You are. And so like what I have learned is that when I form friendships or acquaintances with other people who like me, we inevitably butt heads and it doesn't work out. <laughs> right. You so, need like, a, a yang to your yin. Correct. So, yeah. and that's why I think we're, you and I we're are both CT6969. Correct. Yes. And I brought it all back this around. Is, this is a great, thank you so much <laughs> for bringing up that particular reference to our friendship. <laughs> oh, well, if you stuck around hey, for this long, we you, did it. you, you yeah. got paid off because that's yeah, a that good one. Pay off in more than one way. Yeah. Simultaneous. Boom. Uh, well, if you loved or hated what you just heard, you can email us at mediocreconversations at gmail.com. Yep. We'll eventually talk about it on, on the podcast if you do. Yeah, we look promise. where this one went. And this was about yeah. nature versus nurture. <laughs> yeah, there were a handful of times in this last second half of the conversation where I was like, how did we get here? From yeah. nature versus nurture. Okay. Well, all right. We are in the depths. <laughs> right. We are off script. Ah, uh, well, it was a good one. I had fun. Yeah. Me too. Thanks, everybody. And may the force be with you.